0: hi everyone welcome to the i don't know show with joe i'm joe and i don't know much about photography but my guest fiona does fiona thank you for joining the show
1: thanks for having me i'm exhausted today and i'm gonna promote your show here (laughs) i'm really tired because i listened to so many episodes of the i don't know show with joe (laughs) that i didn't get enough sleep last night
0: well good show thank you Um, yeah, we recommend people listen to it, uh, during normal waking hours. You don't need to stay up late, but do appreciate it.
1: I, I agree. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad that it was uh, interesting enough to keep you up.
1: Yes, definitely. Good promotional material. I'm a very good brand ambassador here.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So Fiona, how did you get into photography?
1: Sure. So it started probably when I was um I know that I got my first camera when I was Mm twelve, roughly twelve. I got a point and shoot camera and unfortunately got stolen when we were in Madrid. Um (laughs) but I remember exactly what one of my favorite photos was that I took when I first got it. Someone
0: come up to you and take it out of your hands or it was like missing from your bag? It was a
1: bunch of little kids that came over. Oh my god. And they literally had this like cardboard thing and they like said hi to me and they stuck it in my stomach and they grabbed it holy crap yeah (laughs) it's pretty crazy (laughs) and then my camera was gone um and i know exactly what the photo looked like it was so we were somewhere in spain and there were these arches and the sunset was coming through behind Uh the arches or through the arches and i was really sad because i love that photo i'm sure i could replicate at some point in my life um
0: well, but ask that's AI to do it for you. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Go into my brain. <laughs> um, yeah. So I started around then. My dad got me a camera. And then I just always had an affinity for photography. I would always take pictures. But I, at some point, my dad got me a point and shoot camera or a, a DSLR camera, which is basically a, um, it's one of those cameras you see with the big lenses. Mm-hmm. So I got one of those. Um
0: and point-and-shoot was uh, digital camera or, or digital. film? or Okay.
1: Yeah, so point-and-shoot is the ones that a lot of us took. You know, we would take it to uh, to parties or I guess we were kids, maybe not parties. <laughs> but we would take it out with us. It's the ones that, like, you click it and the little lens comes out of it and it's attached and it's a little uh-huh. square or rectangle. Um, so I had that one for a little bit and then I had the DSLR. What
0: does that stand for?
1: Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, let me see if I could do without looking it up um digital single lens
0: reflex sounds right I'm i was gonna sure. guess the lens part so that digital
1: single <laughs> less reflex re- lens reflex <laughs> It's the podcast fault. i'm so tired <laughs> um yeah it's but altitude also We're yeah it's altitude yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, joe and i went on a hike and um we got really sick from the altitude so everything <laughs> is the altitude's fault
0: <laughs> Uh specifically in Colorado, where there, there is a lot of altitude. Let's
1: definitely say that, because it wasn't <laughs> just in New York. <laughs> um, yeah, so DSLR, so you have that lens. Now, I'm going to preface with all the photography stuff. I wish I was better at understanding and knowing the technical terminology or technical ideas. I know some of the basics. Um, it's always a learning experience to learn more, and it's actually... It makes a lot of sense. The earliest photographers were actually scientists. Right. And so it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of digital and technical scientific to it. Yeah. Um, So I usually just kind of go with my gut and I can explain a little bit of my process also.
0: I actually learned photography in physics class.
1: That makes sense. And we had it totally to, uh, makes sense.
0: We made our own pinhole <clears throat> cameras.
1: Yes, that's a camera obscura.
0: It was a camera obscura. Yeah. And then we developed them in in our like little dark room that we had. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> photography is really cool.
1: Yeah. So I started with that, and I got a I had a DSLR. I took a photography course um, summer of tenth grade, and it was at I think it was like at a Boston College kind of program. Um, I learned a couple of things there. One, my photographer said, you should never have to photo- Photoshop. Always take the photo as you want it. There should be no editing. I think that that's a style and a choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do try to shoot that way, but I have no problem editing after, but when I edit, I want it to look realistic. Right. That's my personal style, but I think every artist is different in how they want it. Yeah. I think sometimes I'll stylize things, meaning like I'll make it brighter colors or something like that, yeah. but I don't do that with the intention of saying, Oh, if someone's going to look at it, they're going to think this is really what it looked like. Right. Um, so I took that course <clears throat> and what else did I learn in that course? I had some other thoughts on that. Um, Oh, so in that course, we also learned a lot about printing, which is mm-hmm. a whole art form in and in, in of itself. Um, there's a lot of technique that goes with that as well, because you know, when you see an image or you see something in the wild, and then you take the photo. It's going to look different than it looks to your eye, usually. Right. Then it's also going to look different on different screens. It's going to right. look different when it prints. So there's a, a whole art form to that, too. Um, I learned it there. I don't remember anything I learned about the printing. <laughs> so I can't say that I know how to print photography or anything necessarily. Yeah. So I usually just send it out to get printed.
0: Where do you send it to?
1: So Adorama. Um, this is not an ad. ad- Adorama <laughs> is usually where I'll send out photos to be printed Adorama is kind of like b I don't know if they're competitors maybe they're competitors but it's also a bunch of Haredi guys uh-huh. who run Adorama um so that's where I've gotten it printed before and then if I'm doing just like a quick print I'll just send it to CVS or something
0: yeah how did B&H get started I don't know if you know the answer to that but I was like how did a bunch of like Hasidim get into the photography business search? I'm so no just if you okay know. I have no idea. <laughs> It's such um, an interesting like it is really interesting. I feel like there's a lot of I I just started watching that Rough Diamonds show. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. I'm sure there's a reason why there's a lot of Jews in the diamond industry, but I I don't really know the reason, but I'm sure there is one. But how do they get into the photography industry?
1: I feel like it could be <laughs> it's like a lot of the technical haredim <laughs> like just got into it. But also photography is a very, very old technology. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was some family business. Maybe that's how it started.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: We could probably, we should try to get someone from B&H on
0: here to talk about
1: it. That would be interesting.
0: Kimaran, (laughs) Kimaran. Exactly. Uh, Is there something uh, particular that you like to photograph? Do you like uh, people, nature, animals, architecture, just everything? Like what's your, what are you drawn to?
1: So for me, it's. It's going to sound lame and then i'll explain it but it's really like whatever catches my eye and to me the way i think about it is the world is kind of fully abstracted for me when i look at it at first so like everything is kind of like these interesting compositions and i'll define composition as how a photograph or a scene or something you put a square around is composed mm-hmm. so the different pieces and parts that have different shapes and textures and colors and how they come together so when you say someone has a good eye, when it comes to photography, that usually means that someone, you know, is able to capture a moment or a shape in a way that's, um, very appealing to other people's eyes as well. Right. So it's captured. And um, I actually did teach a photography class um, to fourth and fifth graders one summer. Cool. And what was really cool about that is that I was able to kind of break down what I know about photography and also think about how to explain photography. So, the way that I function is I'm very organized about things you might know. So I don't have to read it off. (laughs) I do have my course plan here that I don't need to read off, but it does have some kind of interesting things. And one thing I'll put out there is that, so photography is actually broken up into two parts. It's the word it's photo and graphy. Mm -hmm. So photo is light and graphy graphics or, or, uh, I forgot the word is writing. So Mm -hmm. it's actually light writing when you think about it. And so, um, When it comes to that i think about how composition is really like a lot of different colors shapes angles textures and lighting coming together and someone who's good at composition can take a lot of different components and and capture them together without it looking messy so like you know i could take a picture of something that i see and someone else who doesn't necessarily have as good of an eye could take a picture of the exact same thing but they you it's really like it might be like a 10th of an inch away. Like you need mm-hmm. to just angle it in a different way to make it more interesting for a lack of a better word. So that's the first thing that I look for and going to sound a little hippy dippy here, but usually the <laughs> photos find me like I'm not necessarily uh-huh. looking for them. And I actually find when I'm trying to find a photo to take, it's not really that easy, but mm. it's more that I, it calls to me yeah. <laughs> I not explain it. Um, <laughs> well, well,
0: how would you explain it? And, and also, like yeah. you mentioned, like having a good eye, like what, what does that entail? Like,
1: so I've had friends that I've seen posts, and I'll message them. And I'll be like, you have a great eye. And what that is, is again, it's it's what angle you're getting. I it's what you're capturing and how you're capturing it. So like, for example, if you were to take a picture of a building and you just take a picture of, let's say, a blank window that might not be so interesting. But if the blank window has a little like dust on it that makes a little shape and there's like some color changes or a bunch of different colors and then there's also a different texture because there's a person in the window that becomes more interesting Mm -hmm. so um i also like to explain with composition with a good eye i think because i've tried to break up break down my own photographs and i think a part of it is how it's balanced so you might look at something and say a photo and say it has too many components this seems very messy but it's about how it's balanced. So I like to think if, let's say, um, you take a picture of a, a lake and there's ducks in it, right? And you take a bunch of pictures of it. The one that I think will be most appealing is if what I what you call, if one part is heavier. So like there's a lot of ripples, let's say, in the mm-hmm. bottom left corner. And then the bottom right is completely empty. Mm-hmm. And then there's another duck there. It might not be as interesting if you have like a cloud in the top right corner. It might balance the heaviness Mm -hmm. I would say, or the fullness of the picture.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: Yeah. So that's one way. Um, And then there's also like, so for the subjects, I like to photograph again, like whatever captures my eye, but I lean towards kind of candid moments. Like if there's a photo of a people that kind of really tells a story, Mm -hmm. I really like that. Um, I've been trying to get into more um, landscape photography Mm -hmm. I find that harder, but I have a friend who's, I think, an incredible landscape landscape photographer. And so I've definitely learned a lot from his photographs. And for me, what I found from his is that if you don't just look at a landscape as just this big, vast scene that you're looking at, but you kind of try to focus on specific shapes within the scene, you can capture the right spots.
0: Gotcha. Does
1: that make sense? Kind of. Oh, Siri, oh. we're busy here.
0: <laughs> If if you, um, if you draw uh-huh. a person in front of a landscape, is it a portrait or a landscape?
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that wasn't like... a real question. No, but... I like it. I'm gonna go with it. I like <laughs> I like these philosophical questions. I would say if the person is not in focus, and I think it's what's in focus is one kind of piece of it. Yeah, I would say it's what's in focus.
0: This is like a portrait. Yeah. But it's a landscape. But if
1: the person's blurry and it's focused on yeah. the land, actually I disagree with myself. I think the second <laughs> there's a person in it, it becomes more of a portrait than a landscape. Well,
0: what? So, this picture yeah. is one that you took of oh, of yeah. me. It's not really of me. You can't tell that it's me. So, it I think you. that No, but I would say it's more of a landscape than a portrait. That's funny. I think, think of it as a portrait. It's not portraying me.
1: I think it's a portrait. That's interesting. Interesting. So, I'll tell you why I think it's a portrait. I think because it's portraying a specific mood and I feel mm. like when I look at it I'm thinking about what is he thinking about in that moment.
0: Gotcha. That's yeah, interesting and, uh, that you see it as a landscape. For those listening, this it's a it's it's me, but it's not really me. It's just like a person. <laughs> it's a ba- my my back. I'm like walking down a pathway in the woods and it's like raining out. And it's a really awesome picture. <laughs>
1: well, because I took it, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even though uh, I didn't say my full name here, you're welcome to share my photography pages stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. stuff yeah. or whatever it's called, show notes. Um, yeah, so people, um, I really like taking more like abstracted photos. I think that gets really exciting for me.
0: This is a picture I took. I think this is a good abstract photo. Um, I don't know what you think of it. <laughs>
1: It definitely evokes emotion. (laughs) That's for sure. Like, I want to clean it up. I, like, don't want to think about what it would be like to eat those gummy worms. (laughs) That's that's what I think.
0: (laughs) This was on a cruise, and there was an ashtray with gummy worms in the ashtray and just, like, a couple of cigarettes sticking out of it. And I thought it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen.
1: I will say, <laughs> I do like the themes going on there. I do think it's interesting. And if I saw something like that, I would for sure photograph it too. Um, yeah, in all seriousness. So, uh, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's cool. I, you know what? It actually is cool because there's a commentary too. So that's another thing with photography. is like, I feel like there's many different types of photography yeah. i actually minored in art in cern college mm-hmm. and i refuse to call it an art minor i call it a photography minor okay um and i think one of the things we learned about in history of photography is just there's so many different reasons people photograph right so you have um you have people who are photographing to capture history documentary mm-hmm. photographers artistic photographers you know you have it for specific kind of gigs and events Um, I can talk about my photography business also on Mm -hmm. here. Um, And I think like this one definitely has a little bit of a story to it. So it feels more (laughs) like a documentary to me. Photojournalism.
0: It's a a societal commentary. Yes, on addiction. (laughs) On addiction to sugar and tobacco. That's what I was thinking. But like... It worked. It's very different, right? One's very colorful. It's for children. One's very like not colorful. It's for adults. And it's just like together in this petri dish of ash
1: well both are things that i think <laughs> it took time for society to decide whether they're bad for you true so there's that piece too and maybe actually an artist set up this installation and you just thought it was there it was, set up that way who yeah. knows it's commentary
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's um so do you ever take pictures that are like representative of either societal commentary or or like a moment in, in history like um you ever feel like i I don't know for me when i look at like pictures from the past i i think they're the most interesting thing ever (laughs) like i love looking at pictures of new york city from 50 years ago 100 years ago like it's so different and you just look at like people in the lower east side like just like these old pictures tell like a a big story um and do you feel like you're like documenting the present moment for the like future.
1: I have a little bit of an ego with my photography where I always feel like I feel this calling to be capturing the moments that are going on in Mm -hmm. our time. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I'll call it a confidence. Let's not call it an ego. Um, not that there's anything wrong with an ego. Um, but I will say like during COVID, I definitely felt like that a lot. Like there were a lot of photos where I was like, this is going to be really interesting to look back at. Um, I think that happens a ton. I do think my favorite thing to catch is when I'm catching a moment that feels really emblematic of some Mm -hmm. kind of messaging. Um, And again, like these kind of call to me. So it's not like I'm looking for them necessarily. I mean, I guess if I'm like going to a concert, right, I'm, I'm expecting a certain kind of photograph. to Mm -hmm. take. But otherwise, if I'm just walking down the street, I'm not necessarily going to be expecting what's, what it's going to catch my eye. Um, even when it comes to, like, the messaging piece of it. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any good examples I can share of, like, the moments. I mean, definitely when it comes to COVID, I could think of examples. Like, I have to find it, but I, I had a photo. Well, one photo was a woman, an uh, elderly lady sitting outside her building with a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting on her walker thingy, um, just sitting outside. So that was, you know, definitely emblematic to the time. Yeah. Oh, I did start a little series during COVID where I was when we were still in quarantine, I would call friends and be like, hey, can you sit by your window? I'm gonna take a picture of you in quarantine. So I have like a few photos from that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely, I try to do series of photos sometimes Mm -hmm. and I have some on my website. My website, if anyone ends up checking it out, definitely could update. (laughs) Haven't updated in a while, but I have one. Um, I actually have the book here i don't know if i'm talking into it the book here but it's on my website too where i don't think it's like the best photos i ever sorry (laughs) i ever took but i did like a little series where i found this picture frame on the street Uh uh-huh and i basically just like walked around and asked people if they would let me photograph them in the frame wow so it's through new york city this was in college um this
0: is so cool
1: thanks so this is so cool really thank you Yeah, and then the frame broke at some point because it was a frame I found on the street. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I took some photos. And this also, I really wanted kind of the moment in time photos. Um, I tried photographing also, you know, if I saw like... This
0: is also a good social commentary. Tell me. I mean, because we're, we're seeing a photo... There's always something outside of the frame mm-hmm. that you don't see. I never thought about that and piece so of it. I like that. This is a really cool representation of highlighting people's you know, perspective. It, this would be the photo, but we're, we're seeing outside of where the borders of the photo would be. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: Thanks. That is cool, actually. And you know that I feel like that's a commentary on perspective, right? You kind of see in your own frame of mind. And sometimes you want to see the bigger picture, get more perspective context. Um, yes, yeah, so this was Very kind of a cool. fun little. Thanks. So I have some of these on my website. Um, yeah, that's all awesome. that. Thanks.
0: Um, um, okay. So what do you feel about like family pictures?
1: Like portraits.
0: Just like, you know, you have kids, you're taking pictures and like mm. do you ever feel there's like too many pictures? Because I remember like when I was a kid, um we'd look through photo albums, you know, that my parents had, you know, on the bookshelf. And we'd go through them and we'd say, Who's this? Who's that? What was happening here? There's a story, you know. But now like we have like at least a thousand times as many pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never imagine sitting through my kids and going through a hundred thousand pictures with them. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's a good
1: point. So this is an interesting picture. I mean picture. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, I think about a lot. I'm going to kind of not answer your question correctly or not answer it exactly and then go do it. But one thing I do think about is I feel like people have an expectation that I'm going to, when I have kids, I'm going to post like billions of photos (laughs) of them everywhere, like all over the internet. Honestly, I don't think I will, or like, I really hope not to. (laughs) I don't want to have that. Um, I also like one thing I loved about Instagram was when I was on it before it was cool because like, I actually liked that it was a place where I felt like I could post my photographs Mm -hmm. and post as many as I want. And it's truly just like a series of my photography. Um, But what it's become, like you're saying is, you know, everyone just billions and billions and billions of pictures everywhere. So many, so many. So (laughs) I'm the annoying sibling when we get back, when we get together with our family, I'm always like, we need a picture. We have to have a picture when we're together. So I do think it's nice to capture those moments, Yeah. but I do agree with you. I think it can be a little too much, but I will challenge that and say, I think if it's something that makes people happy, and I think you would agree with this, right? Like, I think just they should do it. For sure. I do think about how odd it's going to be that our kids, especially think this, our kids will be like, I want to see what my great grandma looked like. And they'll go onto me, their great grandma's Facebook, and just look at, like, I swear to God, and you can look at this after, I have albums from, I think, middle school, and it's called, like, Woohoo! or something. And it's me and my friend, (laughs) and I think it's... 40 photos of us in different poses in pajamas. Like, uh-huh. I don't know what we were thinking. Yep. I don't know why we did it. I went through my photos once on Facebook. I was like, should I delete this? I'm like, no. This is a moment in time. I was a spastic <laughs> little kid, and it's amazing. <laughs> I,
0: I personally went through a lot of the pictures I had on Facebook, and I don't know if I deleted them or I made them private, but um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't I didn't have very flattering things on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The internet is good and a, an interesting place. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's but that's interesting to think about, right? Like, yeah. our, like my grandparents. Um, you know, I've I've got, uh, you know, w- within the hundreds or so pictures of them. My great grandparents, I probably have like in the tens. Yeah. My great great grandparents, do I have any one pictures of them at soda. all? Like maybe maybe <laughs> one. You know.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. I think. I definitely think, like, it's important to me to create series, I, I guess. I didn't even realize this till we're talking now. I keep talking about series. Like, I like general in my life. I like categorizing things. That's yeah. what I think. As you know, I'm very good at puns. And my brain just constantly categorizes Yeah. Um, and makes themes. So I think, like, when it comes to photos, the most impactful way to share it to the future generations is to do the old school thing and print them out in albums like I've mm-hmm. been trying to slowly print more of my albums into series and books I collected a bunch of photos of me and my siblings recently and I printed it into a book and I didn't realize how excited my siblings would be by this but I showed them for all you listeners I have six younger siblings there's a lot to make happy there but <laughs> I showed it to all of them and they're all like wow this was kind of cool to see all these photos from when we were growing mm-hmm. up in one place because like you're saying now it's just like billions and billions of photos yeah. everywhere um yeah
0: yeah, it's cool. Like, sometimes uh, Google will, will do it for me. Like, mm. it'll, it'll, because I have, like, a lot of pictures of my nieces. And I'll be like, here's one of them just, like, growing up. And you see, like, they've just collected all the pictures from when she was a baby through now like they've selected certain ones and and they put like music behind it they have like a whole slideshow it's really freaking cool
1: well i love it (laughs) and my phone does that too but i love even more when my phone will be like here's photos of john and it will be like i don't know the guard at my university who's always in the background of my photos and i'm like i don't really give a shit about the photos of john but like it's kind of hilarious (laughs) yeah well that
0: could be its own series
1: (laughs) i agree (laughs) definitely
0: wow um What do you think about the idea of, so on the one hand, capturing the moments, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, living in the moment. And do you ever feel like, like, you know, trying to capture the moment takes you outside of living in the moment?
1: It's a big struggle I have for sure. Um, I think that okay so concerts are a good example and we've been in enough concerts that you know i will take photos and videos at concerts Uh a lot of times i really want to just concentrate on the moments i'll try to keep my phone away but part of the problem for me is that part of the enjoyment is capturing certain pieces of it yeah so what i'm saying videos are a little different like i think videos of concerts are kind of funny because you send it to one friend you send it to your family to that person that loves that artist and then like Really, how often is it that you actually look at it? So, like, when I take videos, I actually try to not look at my screen. I look at, like, the stage while I'm taking it. Yeah. If it's, like, something I want to look back at later. Um, But when it comes to photos in the moment, not just for concerts, but in general, um, I definitely think, like, as I've worked through my own kind of shit and stuff in general, um, I don't default to my phone as much, not just for photography, but at all. And I've tried to make it a habit when I'm in the moment with a friend or people, like I try to keep my phone flipped down because I don't want to think about it. Yeah. So I really, I think it's a hard balance. I think it's, if you want to challenge yourself on it, I think it's good to ask, why are you taking this photo? Um, but if it helps you enjoy it, I think that's great. Yeah. And, and to look back at it, some people are also not that nostalgic, right? It depends kind of what kind of person you are.
0: Right. And, and I think also like there's something to be said about, you know there's there's the experience of of the thing right let's say let's say i'm going to uh some famous whatever i'm going to see the mona lisa or something right yeah so first of all like i could look up a picture of the mona lisa <laughs> yeah. on my computer right but going there is like a different experience right and then if i'm taking a picture of it then that is like the activity that i'm doing when i'm there cuz i'm not going to remember looking at it, but I'll remember if I have the picture, I'll be like, Oh yeah, I was there. And I I took a picture of it. Yeah. I don't know. But then if you're Dafka not taking a picture, then you're also not really living in the moment because you're not doing the thing that you want to (laughs) do.
1: So what I'll say to that is like, and this is a me thing, but maybe this is true for more people. I think when I'm capturing a moment, it's not necessarily that I'm trying, like if I was going to see the Mona Lisa Chances are I'd have a photograph of people looking at the Mona Lisa. Right. Or I'd have a photo of like me with the Mona Lisa, not in the like, ooh, let me take a selfie, but more in a like, I experienced this together or something. Yeah. Because I think what I like to capture, and I think a lot of people do too, is like you want to capture what you were feeling in that moment. Yeah. Um, but maybe people are not just doing that. That might just be me. I'm not sure. Um yeah, but it is it is an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm reading the book uh, White Noise right now for a Book Club. Okay. And they have... Uh, it's a very, like, absurdist, funny book. So, uh, at, at one point, they go to this tourist attraction nearby. It's called The Most Photographed Farm in America or something <laughs> oh like that. It's, there's nothing... Or barn. The Most Photographed Barn. It's just a barn. There's nothing, like... But but because there's a billboard that says it's the most photographed, oh, so everyone so goes funny. there just to take pictures of this barn that, like, the only reason it's special is because of people taking pictures of it.
1: That's so interesting. <laughs> well, I think that's so true of so much of social media. It's like, I actually catch myself... If I'm taking a photo because it seems like I've seen people take this photo before. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then
1: I kind of challenge myself on that. Actually, my dad said something really interesting to me. Whenever I take photos that I'm really proud of, I send it to my dad because I really value his opinion on most things, but especially with my photography. Um, And sometimes he'll say to me, you look like you're taking the photo you thought you were supposed to be taking. Mm. And I really... He said that to me recently. And I'm like, It's very deep. It is. No, it really is. I really like that feedback because um, I think definitely i like to make people happy i don't think that's why i take those photos but a lot of photography it's like i want it to be connectable but usually sometimes i get into like you know the zone and i'm like not even thinking and i'm just capturing all this awesome shit but like stuff i don't know if you have to bleep that out okay totally cool (laughs) i'm very Um,
0: pro free speech if you don't know
1: what you (laughs) on july 4th in our just so everyone knows we're wearing Oh, I'm going to say the colors in the wrong order. What's the right order for the colors? Red, white, and blue. Okay, cool.
0: What were you going to say?
1: I'm not going to say it. I'm going to get it wrong.
0: <laughs> I don't think there is. See, that's the order everyone says that you have to have. but it...
1: You know what? I'm not going to do what people want. That's you what are. we're talking about right now.
0: The old white, blue, and red. Yeah. yeah. Or
1: blue, red, red, and white. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so my dad said that, and I really thought about it. And I think it was a really good point because... It's not that interesting if everyone sees the same photograph of... I keep looking at this like church here, right? Like if Uh, you just keep seeing the same photo from this window in the same way. Right. But when it's a little bit different, and that's actually what I was talking about with the composition, is like it really takes a little bit of an angle difference or like a tenth of a little centimeter or whatever it is to make the photo a completely different photo. Um, And one of the ways you can actually fix composition, which maybe obvious or not obvious, after you take the photos, cropping makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I actually do a lot of... Not a lot, but there's many times when I'll do cropping. Yeah. And that's really like resetting your perspective.
0: That's the, that's the frame.
1: Exactly. Changing the frame up. Um, there's a lot of deep things you can learn with photography. I actually... When I was in senior year of high school, we had to do a project, and I specifically chose to do a photography project. And I was going through a lot of emotions then, and what I would do is I would actually walk around my neighborhood and take a picture if it kind of called to me and I would take it and then I would analyze what my feelings are like what this photo is representing about my feelings Mm -hmm. and I think it can be very reflective that way Um, it's kind of like a Rorschach test in that way Um, I think also what my dad said is an example of that right just thinking about your perspective and who are you trying to present this to and capturing it in a way that's not necessarily repetitive um, which is a big artist question, which is about, um, I had the word and I lost it. Um, appropriation. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's the idea of if, let's say I take a photo. Um, the original one is with Duchamp's upside down toilet photo. I don't to what? <laughs> uh, he had this, he had this. Oh, that's the guy's installation, name? Duchamp. Oh, okay. He was an artist mm-hmm. and he had this, he took a toilet and it was upside down and it, he called it art mm-hmm. and he wrote, I think, our mutt on it. And then someone took a photo of it, and then they were like, "Ooh, did that? Did he appropriate it? Uh-huh. Who owns kind of the yeah, rights to this? Yeah. Like, to this image, to this artwork? To what's this the subject? answer? Because
0: I wanted to ask about that.
1: The answer is that there's a lot of questions on it, which is the best, right? Because it's there's no true answer. That's a big debate in yeah. the artist world, which is when someone appropriates something, who owns kind of the rights to it, right? And I think about that too, right? Like if I'm, I have a lot of friends that that I like to photograph also. Yeah. And so if we're walking and we both see a subject and we take a picture and we're kinda of taking a picture of the same subject and ours looks really similar, who kinda of captured the moment, right? Right. And for example, I do have a friend who accidentally reposted one of my photos being like, look at this photo I captured because it downloaded on her phone.
0: Uh, and I
1: messaged her teasing. It wasn't a big deal. I was like, hey, I guess you really like my photo. And she's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Um,
0: no, sometimes I get confused like that also because it yeah. just like it's in my library next to all the other photos. And, I'm, and you know, I'm like, oh, this is a really good picture. And, and but I don't, I don't I guess it's not always obvious whether you took it or someone yeah. else did. Yeah
1: yeah and I think I think it's interesting I think I definitely being an artist and being a photographer and feeling a lot of ownership around my work I mean that photo it didn't bother me but I definitely am a little sensitive about Mm. someone taking my work and I do think about if someone were to decide to like screenshot all my work and try to sell it how would I feel I mean like shit first of all but the truth is like I think about the rights, right? Like, if you look at the date of when I posted things, would that, you know, grant me? I think it grants me the right that it's actually copyrighted—not copyrighted, literally, but that it's considered mine. Mm -hmm. Um, But they could say I appropriated your work. You know, I cropped out part of it; it's no longer your full photo. Right.
0: It's like sampling or anything like that. Yeah. But what what about the subject? Does the subject have any ownership? Like, if you take a picture of me, it's your picture, right? How does that work?
1: So it's a really good question, especially with like um, permissioning. I mean, my understanding is if you like if I wanted to, you know, take a picture of you on the street, if I re- I do a lot of street photography, I most often go and ask the person if they're OK with it, unless it's like a moment I really want to capture. But the truth is, I don't know that I'm necessarily like, am I allowed to just take your your likeness and post it. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it in any malicious way, so I assume that's fine. (laughs) I hope there's no one here looking to sue me. Um, But my, one of my sisters does say her least favorite quality of me is when I do (laughs) people photos on the street. Um, Why? I think so. She's like a more private person. And I think for her, it's like they're in the public
0: space. Like, I think like it's one thing if you're, you know, like a, a paparazzi person and you're really like going into people's like privacy in order so to expose selling their likeness. Is yeah. Different. Yeah. Whereas if, if they're in a public place, expectation is that they can be photographed or recorded. It's, it's an expectation. But it, like you said, if you're going to, to sell that and make yeah. money, that's a different question.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I have one photograph. That's one of my favorites that I took. And it's of a guy sitting on the street, holding up a sign for money, asking for money or something. And he's holding a cigarette. And it was just like, it was just a beautiful composition. Yeah, and as funny as it sounds, like I think it was also the moment. But I was really like abstracting it. Not that I don't think he's a human, but I definitely like yeah, he's definitely human. It just like captured it. And I do think about if I ever because I do have a dream. My dream with photography is that I definitely at some point want to sell my work, and mm-hmm. I also want to have a gallery showing at some point with yeah. some of my best stuff. And so I think about if I ever wanted to do anything with that, how appropriate is that right. when it's not people who I directly asked yeah
0: yeah so and what happens if someone comes along and makes one of your pictures into an nft and sells it
1: i mean i guess it just (laughs) depends on what the law is there i I mean if i can make some money off of it i'm so down but you know i I feel like there's a lot i lost there's a lot to be
0: litigated in in the area of digital art like i don't think they really really figured it all out yet
1: no (laughs) definitely not (laughs) wow
0: interesting um how how frequently do you go through and review old pictures that you've taken?
1: So, I have my photos quite well organized in Dropbox and folders. That was like an overhaul that took me days, I want to say, where I like I found my old external hard drive and I was uploading everything. So, I would say I go back when I think of certain photos usually. Um and I guess also I could bring up now my um I used to have a photo business. I mean it's not shut down. So if, you know, if anyone needs it, I come out of the word work for my friends right now. I don't really do it much more, but when I graduated college, I needed to make sure to pay rent because, you know, that's how you have a house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, let me pick up photography and I got to say it was word of mouth. It went really, really fast. Um, and to this day, I still get requests without doing any kind nice. of uh advertising so i get requests like every other month probably still wow. yeah some months are a little more dead but it doesn't matter to me cuz it's not my full time job yeah. um but i have a lot of those organized and sometimes i'll look back at them if someone's asking me to come do a gig just to kind of get an idea um yeah but i also look through every once in a while i want to i talk about series a lot um i decided i wanted I have a lot of art in my apartment, as you've mm-hmm. seen, Yes. and I wanted to do a series on my wall of the different seasons, because I realized I've taken some really pretty photos from different seasons, so I dug deep into my photos to see kind of what kind I can print out to put together, but otherwise, I'm not really going through it too much.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk cameras. I, I don't really know anything about cameras. Cool. You said your first was a, a point-and-shoot and then you had the DLSR, DSLR. DSLR. Um, I know a lot of the top smartphones these days are considered even by photography too. experts to be quite good, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like what cameras and equipment do you like to use? Can you talk about that?
1: Sure. So I started out as a Canon girl. Canon is one of the main brands. So the, the main brands, when you think of photographers, especially starting out, usually it's Canon Canon and Nikon, when I was growing up, were the two Mm -hmm. uh, brands that people would usually use. Um, There were other brands that definitely were getting used, but those were the more common ones. I also think that the pricing for the body, so the body is the part that doesn't have the lens on it, the pricing for the body was, you know, more affordable for Mm -hmm. people than some other cameras. Um, Then Sony came into the world with their mirrorless, and one of the things that frustrated and frustrates me to no end is um, low light. So if I can't capture something because it's too... Uh, dark in the space mm-hmm. drives me crazy and the mirrorless camera and don't ask me to explain what mirrorless is because i'll be honest
0: that's the name of it or it so was mirrorless, mirrorless is, the, is like, the
1: technology i'm gonna see if i like can like mirrorless
0: f- like a mirror correct no yeah, mirror okay right? gotcha gotcha so
1: without mirror so actually i think i can explain so the the non-mirrorless cameras
0: so basically
1: mirror full cameras <laughs> The way they work, and actually, if you look inside of the body, they have, I believe, two mirrors, and it uses the technology with kind of reflecting off of it, kind of like with a camera obscura. Yeah. And actually, I'll take a step back and explain the camera obscura. Yeah. So the first ever camera, and I have a presentation that I did for a... I had a job. It was a corporate job, and they said, we want to see your your, uh, presentation skills. And I made two presentations, a pun one and a photography one, and Uh I landed on presenting with a photography one. I got the jobs. So that was good. Nice. Um, but I can tell you the year. No, I can't. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> the camera obscura was basically a massive box, kind of like a shed and completely dark. And then inside of the box or on one of the walls, there's a little pinhole or mm-hmm. a hole. Um, and then the light would shine through and it would reflect onto the wall, the opposite wall. And then they would actually just paint. So with light writing, that's why it's called light writing. Because they literally would paint and draw um, on the wall. So when you think about a camera, there's a lot of reflections, right? And that's part of the technology and it's reflected and then it's drawn. I'm doing bunny ears here. Not bunny ears, but quotations. Quotation marks. Yeah, that's what it's called. The grammatic word is actually bunny ears. uh,
0: British people say inverted commas, Oh, weird.
1: Weird. (laughs) I can't tell if I like that more or hate that more. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say, British people got butterflies more correct because. Then what? They say flutterbys. No, they don't. They do, and it makes way more sense. Do they really? And then us Americans were like, butterflies? What no does that even mean? No way.
0: My mind's blown right now.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so. With the camera, so the, the ones that are not mirrorless, the ones that are mirrorful, we're going to um, copyright that, um, they have two lenses and a reflects on. So the mirrorless ones use, I believe, a lot more digital technology. So what that means is that there's no mirror inside. It comes in and then technologically, it's the wrong word to use, but digitally, um, it actually captures it. So what you find with a mirrorless computer a camera is that the quality, A, is quite high. Um, it's pretty fast, and it works really well in low light. Mm-hmm. Um, so I now have Sony. The one thing that's a little sad is that my Canon, um, I had so many lenses that I'm not able to use now because to connect them are yeah. different, and they do that on purpose, obviously, because they yeah. want you to purchase more items. But I did test, and I got an adapter. Oh, I saw From that. Canon to Sony, and it worked quite well. I was surprised. It's just the autofocus, so it doesn't focus automatically, doesn't work as well, but I was able to use it and focus it manually. Um, So I have a bunch of Canon lenses. Um, I have the Sony that I use, and I have an iPhone 14 Pro on purpose because, like you were saying, the the cameras on the phones are actually quite amazing now. Yeah. a lot of people ask me, oh, why do you even need a camera if you have a phone? Right. And I'll say, like, I definitely think the quality is much better with a camera. Okay. It's still very impressive with a phone. Um, I guess it also depends on the camera, right, or the phone. Yeah. Um,
0: like, I, I know people who have the whatever Excel's. the top of the line uh, Samsung is. Mm-hmm. They have, like, 100x zoom. Yes. I was just going to bring that one up. Which is the craziest shit ever.
1: I was outside, <laughs> and there was a full moon, and my friend had that camera or phone. She zoomed in and took a picture and I was like, okay, NASA, like what? If, it's, what? It's crazy. It's
0: we were at like a hockey game quality. and they kept zooming in on people, like finding people who are picking their nose across the stadium. <laughs> it was insane.
1: Yeah, the quality is crazy on that. My understanding is that, so there's two different ways that cameras on phones work, which actually kind of sounds similar to mirrorless and mirrorful. Um, so if you look at a lot of the new phones, for example, the iPhone 14 Pro, it has three lenses on the back. And so it uses a technology where it basically takes three different photos and then it uh, puts them on top of each other. Mm-hmm. You, so you have either that there's a software that's going to change the photo yeah. to look better or you have a bunch of lenses and they're put together. Yeah. So I think with that one, it's a lot of the technology piece of it. Yeah. It's really wild. I, I'm very impressed by it. Also, Sony Alpha, which is the specific I guess, sub brand of Sony that I use for my camera. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually are apparently coming out with a phone that has a really good camera. So they're trying to get into the phone business now, which is kind of interesting. Gotcha. If you can't beat them, join them.
0: Yeah, why not? (laughs) And did you ever use film camera, or that was before your time?
1: Um,. I definitely have. Actually, I was in charge of props for our high school and middle school play. Mm -hmm. And I went to a thrift store and I found a really cool film camera. And I... Oh, I forgot about this. I took it with me to Paris. I have a cool story from Paris. Okay. So um, I I like to solo travel. And my first solo trip was to Paris. And I have a friend who... Uh, the funny thing, or I guess ironic thing, is she studied ge- geography in mm. university, but no one ever knew where she was. So <laughs> um, I land in Paris, and she's like, why didn't you tell me you're here? And I'm like, why didn't you tell me you live here? <laughs> I <don't> understand. <laughs> um, and so she happened to be subletting from a Parisian artist, and she said, I got an invite to a Parisian gallery opening, a private gallery opening. You don't speak French. I speak French. I'm going to be the journalist. Uh-huh. Doing the, what were they called? The upside, the inverted commas, inverted commas. <laughs> uh, and then I'll be the American photographer. So we went and it was really cool. And we met some Parisians and that was amazing. But separate from that, I brought my film camera when I was in Paris and I took a bunch of photos. Um, the thing that was really sad is some of them I printed, some of them didn't survive. Mm. And I don't know if it was that I didn't really know well enough how to use a film camera, Um, or not but I will say that I have used it in Central Park before I think the quality on film cameras is so beautiful and it makes you think about the fact that it's so clear and crisp Mm -hmm. and then you see that we're taking billions of photos on our phones and our cameras and we're like deleting half of them yeah and even the ones that were blurry on there had like a crisper cleaner quality yeah. than we do on our digital so it's just thinking about like all that digital waste and time honestly yeah there's something nice about going to like the pure original
0: yeah kind of well there. you know my my dad used to you know take pictures of us on on his uh, film camera and he would spend forever getting the <laughs> focus true. right and everything we always made fun of him it took him forever to take a picture of us it's valid. And, and they did <laughs> they did always come out good. But and my dad always prided himself on how good the pictures came out and whatever. But now when he sees the pictures I'm taking, he says, "Wow, those are amazing! <laughs> How'd you do that?" And I say, "Well, I didn't spend a million years. I just took a bunch of them and like they didn't all Auto come out focus, good, yeah. but some of them came out really good. Yeah. And I didn't even have to try."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm all for technology. I, as much as like there's pros and cons and all yeah. that stuff, I think the pros are amazing. Um, I think it helps us advance, and I like that there is that. But there is, again, something about the quality of the older-looking photo Yeah. Um, that's really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean, we've come such a long way from, you know, having mm-hmm. to get under the hood, and, and then yeah. every time you just, like, blow a light bulb each time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs>
1: I mean, it kind of seems fun. I would love to smash a light bulb. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Dangerous. they have to get it
0: right each yeah. time because, like, you don't even know if it came out right or not until like a couple days later when you have time to develop it. And yeah, you know, now, you know, right away, like, Oh, let me do that again. It didn't come out.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It is pretty disappointing with the film camera. Well, the Paris one, there was one film, uh, that came back and then the other one just, they said they couldn't find it, but I think it just didn't work. And you know, that's an example of like if it doesn't come out right. But I will say one thing that I find frustrating sometimes is when you're taking a picture on your digital camera, you know, it's a very small screen, right? So sometimes something will look like, oh, that's perfect. I got the crispness, yeah, and then you yeah. put it on your computer, and you're uh-huh. like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also that where there's kind of like that production piece also where right. you go and you're like, oh shoot, it's not necessarily as good as I thought it was.
0: Right. Try that to be sense.
1: positive about it. It's a uh, photography pun for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful with those negatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what uh? <laughs> what role does lighting? P- Play in photography Can we talk about Like sure. what's good Lighting How do you get The lighting good Where is the sun Supposed to be Or not Like what What do you? do Secret
1: to the audience Here Yeah You know this Massive audience That all came for me um, <laughs> Is that Overcast is actually The best lighting Okay Photographers love When it's a rainy day I mean you don't want It to rain on your On anything But
0: Especially on a parade Or a wedding day A
1: parade or a wedding day Especially That that's would be the ironic worst, Yeah weird gig to have When it's yeah. raining um, But overcast is fantastic Fantastic. I think it's, I never thought about it until this moment, but I think part of why overcast is such good lighting is probably because sometimes you'll see photographers will have a flash on top of their camera and then they'll have uh, like a white orb around it or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's because you don't want there to be too much bright light. You need it to be almost like muffled. I don't mm-hmm. know what the right word is. Um, and so I think that's kind of what happens with overcast is you have the sun and then you have almost like this, like core this filter on top, which is the clouds. Um, But I've gotten some amazing photographs Um, One of my best photographs In Overcast A friend of mine hired me to take her picture For her uh, med school Uh application Turns out she needed it In like a one by one size You need a
0: a picture for a med school application?
1: I'm not sure if it's still true And now it's probably just a digital photograph That you upload But she had actually like a paper application That she had to send in with a printout Why? I don't know (laughs) We'll have to get her on the podcast.
0: (laughs) I'm like, what do they need it for?
1: I'm guessing they want a photo because they want to make sure that that that's a real person. I don't know. And not like a robot or a cyborg. Actually, cyborgs should be able to go to medical school.
0: Yeah. Also, they can find fake pictures. They're
1: probably better surgeons. Not that surgeons are bad, but...
0: Yeah, but no, I mean, (laughs) a robot... It will be better than a surgeon at some point. Probably, even if the robot has to be controlled by the surgeon. Yeah, they're they not really going to shake. Some of that. At, yeah, least, yeah. at least on
1: the doctor shows I watch, so I'm sure it's yeah. true.
0: Yeah, no, they definitely do.
1: Um, yeah. So when it comes to overcast, so I took a photo for her, and it was actually fantastic. And I actually had her because I just really needed like her shoulders and her head. I actually had her hold a camera. I mean, um, an umbrella over her because it was raining. But uh-huh. the lighting was just gorgeous. I can see if I can find it and if she lets me, you know, post it in the thing. Um, So overcast is great. I think it's nice when it's sunny out, but I personally, when it comes to lighting, lighting is actually a really good tool for composition, right? Like, I think... You know, someone might look at a photo where half of it's dark and half of it's light and be like, oh, man, like I can't see the person. But I actually think that's really interesting composition, because, yeah. again, to me, it's whenever there's like different kinds of textures, colors, shapes and yeah. shapes and colors can happen from lighting. Right. So I think that that can be really cool. Um, yeah. So I think it, it definitely plays a difference or makes a difference in um, composition as well.
0: Yeah. Cool. And then, so before you mentioned that sometimes you'll do some editing or Photoshop, Mm -hmm. can you describe like what, what kind of effects you use and uh, yeah. What? Yeah.
1: Sure. Um, so my goal when I edit, if it's not just like a fun edit where I'm making it more colorful or bright, I want it to look as natural as possible. That's usually my goal. So if there's like a lot of blemishes and it's like I did a photo gig for people, um, I don't even ask like if there's certain I never I never make like edits to make someone look more conventionally X, Y or Z because Mm -hmm. I think that's dumb. Um, If someone asks me to do something like that, you know, I'll remind them they're beautiful no matter what. But I'll you know, I'll do it. It's I'm I'm being paid for it. There's a
0: good South Park about that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Kim Kardashian's a hobbit. But it's a lot of stuff. Oh, Photoshop. but it's all Photoshop? Yeah.
1: It's funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if Kim Kardashian was a hobbit and asked me to Photoshop it, I would, sure, <laughs> if she paid me. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, if it's like blemishes or something or something where like, I'll, you know, I'll do some like editing like that for my gigs. If it's like my own, what I like to call like art photography versus my gigs, um, yeah, it's usually there's cropping, right? Like I was saying before. So framing right. it a little differently. A lot of times also I'll play with the cropping. So it's like I'll crop in one way. I'll see how does the perspective change. And uh, there's just something in my head where it'll, <laughs> it will click. Like it really will. I'll just be like, oh, that's right. I don't know how to explain why that happens. Yeah. But I just kind of, I guess it's like my natural eye. Um, I actually found out that my, I hadn't realized, but my grandfather did photography. My great-grandmother did oh, photography. Wow. So there's definitely some photography going on in my family. So there you there's go. something natural going on. Um, so, does that yeah.
0: make you photogenic? and also photo- photogenetic Genetic or photogenetic ah, yeah. yeah you got where i was going
1: podcast. <laughs> 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 yes it makes me photogenetic but i'm already photogenic so it yeah. all works <laughs> um yeah so there's the cropping aspect of it and then so coloring to me i play a lot with the warmth so that means is it going to be more red tones or green tones or really more warm tones or cold cool tones From people who don't have as much of an artistically inclined mind or photography mind or whatever it is, I've heard that they cannot, I have friends that can't process like difference in shades of colors. Um, I have one friend in particular I'm thinking about who like his circuit breaks when he has to think about different kinds of shades of colors.
0: Like you'll show him two different ones and he can't tell the difference? Like a green that's warmer or
1: cooler and he, I haven't shown him that specifically but I would imagine based on conversations we've had, if I showed him a warmer green and a cooler green, he would either not be able to tell the difference or be like, I don't understand which one's warm and which one's cool. Oh,
0: OK. Which, yeah,
1: yeah people. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to that, I definitely focus on that. For the most part, I tend to make the colors warmer tones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think how to describe the difference between warmer and cooler because I don't want to assume people understand that. Not sure exactly how. Um, OK, let's go with this. Uh, it would be in my mind, the difference between like a lime green is more of a cooler green.
0: So mm.
1: there's a cooler tone to it. It's a longer conversation, but there's undertones yeah. and stuff. But so what I'll do is I'll correct for warmer, or cooler based on the scene. Usually when it's people, I want a warmer tone because I think not everyone has, you know, red undertones, but we're definitely warmer colors. Doesn't matter about your skin tone. And then, trying to think when I would do cooler tones cooler tones usually I'll do if it's more of like a mood so if it's like you know um, oh I'm going a little tangential on this but <laughs> when I'm bouncing around with the warmer and cooler tones one of the big things I'll correct for is if something looks too warm you correct it by making it cooler to get it to the right place mm-hmm. so it's a lot of balancing on that yeah. um, so it's mostly about balancing and then every once in a while I'll remove like subjects from something like if someone's there and I don't want them there I'm just gonna remove them
0: magic eraser
1: so I don't have the magic eraser on my phone. Uh, it's so um, cool. <laughs> I actually, I edit on my phone a lot on my Lightroom app. Lightroom is the, so a lot of photographers use Lightroom for editing. Uh-huh. Um, Photoshop is if you want to do more like what you think of as Photoshop, where you're mm. taking pieces out, combining pieces on top. But the truth is Lightroom has come very far. So it it's has, a phone
0: app or a computer. It's actually
1: a computer program, mm-hmm. but the app on the phone is fantastic. So I'll edit on my phone, my computer, or my um Or my iPad,
0: Mm -hmm. I have a whole system. Yeah, Um,
1: (laughs) go between all of them. Um, Yeah, so that's mostly what I'm editing for. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, What are some challenges you faced in your photography journey?
1: Ooh, many. Um, Okay, lighting for sure, which I've spoken about a lot. I think one of my biggest struggles with photography is like an own like internal struggle on. One that we were talking about before, which is like, sometimes I really just want to live in the moment, but I feel like I want to capture things. Yeah. And then the other one is also that not everyone always wants to be in a photograph, right? And I would never push someone. I'm actually very sensitive to ask people. Mm -hmm. I'm very sensitive to ask people before I post anything. Um, But I do think that not everyone always wants a camera around. Um, I and you've seen this on hikes that we've been on like I always say like if I'm you know if I'm taking a photo you don't have to wait for me like I will catch up because if I see a moment and I just want to keep capturing it I don't want people to like feel held back on that yeah so I think there's that piece and there's a little bit of an addictive quality to taking photos so definitely fighting that addiction (laughs) (laughs) which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily, but I do think sometimes I get a little obsessive over it. I'm like, Oh, I really want this moment. But sometimes I'm like, just move on. You know, you don't necessarily need every moment or every kind of scenery. Um, I would say that. And then also just over time, I think, as a photographer, you get a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, the most anxiety I get around photography is when I have photo gigs. I actually do not like to do photo gigs. Mm-hmm. I only did them because...
0: Like, like one-person photo shoots or big parties anything. or just in general, you don't like doing them?
1: Yeah, just because I don't, I don't think of it as a business... Well, I don't like having pressure around something that I enjoy. So okay. it's something that really is often cathartic for me. Um, it's something that connects me with people... And I don't love when I'm doing it and it's to, you know, supply a product to someone else. Gotcha. Unless it's me selling my photography and my art because as art, because that's stuff that I, you know, right. I love and I want to sell. I want people to have and I want to, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it being a business in that way. But I get a lot of anxiety before gigs because you got to, you know, get it right. Make sure people are happy. Um, so far, thank God. No complaints. Um, only one person who ghosted when I asked for feedback. Oh, wow. (laughs) She might've just been busy, but I was like, okay, I'm going to assume it's good. Thanks. Have a good day.
0: Oh, that's, you know, you went through the trouble of they, they can at least tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay though. (laughs) Um, interesting. Um, and are there Specific photos or styles that um that took some no that took like struggle that you had to work on to Mm -hmm. to kind of master that weren't necessarily as easy as the ones you're used to some new thing you tried to learn
1: astrophotography okay that's my next big thing that i really um so first of all there's been a couple of nights where the moon has looked amazing so Uh i've tried to shoot in Manual as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I tend to actually shoot in auto because I, you know, I'm still capturing something interesting, um, and I'll switch between manual and auto. Auto basically will just like auto focus. It will mm-hmm. auto. Also, usually will often like choose. Um... There's a lot of presets now on cameras, so we'll choose a preset that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but astrophotography, my next lens that I want to get is one that's supposed to be really good with astrophotography, and so I'm working on that and. Overall, the thing that I really want to get better at is how to shoot manually. I want to get to a point where I can go and I don't have to look up every time, mm-hmm. you know, some of the settings that would be good for a specific kind of scenery. Because I know the basics, yeah. but I want to know it better.
0: One of the things in, as t- in terms of astral photography that I learned, um, I think, when I was in Iceland, is that uh, a big part of it's like exposure time, right? Yeah. And you have to have a longer exposure to capture the far away light.
1: Yeah, so there's the exposure time, and then there's also what you call the aperture, which is the hole. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you have a lens, if you've seen like a you know an illustration of a lens or a drawing of a lens, you basically have a circle, and then inside you have uh, almost like flaps, a bunch that go around, and uh-huh. then as the flaps open, right. you have more light that can come in, and that's a larger aperture, but the number higher is smaller. Yeah, numbers. Sp- thing has to a lot of review like but whatever that. it is, yeah, and then yeah. the, when you have it smaller, it's letting less light in. So it's a balance of that and the shutter speed, and also like you're saying, you know, the exposure time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's a lot to learn with astrophotography, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Because it's cool.
0: Cool. Um, was there anything else on your notes that you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Okay. Take a look.
1: <laughs> How did you know I had notes? <laughs> So one thing that I think is really cool is that um, there is actually, do you want to take a guess when the world's first photograph was captured?
0: Well, um, I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to guess, I mean, uh, uh, 1873.
1: 1826.
0: Damn it! I was gonna. Should my first guess. That my was first. Good. My first guess was gonna be 1827. Really? And the, yeah. And oh, then wow. I, 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 I'm like, maybe that's too early. You get, you
1: get like mostly credit for that. That was great. <laughs> so I think that's really cool, and I'll show you what it looked like. Actually, this is from his window.
0: Ah. And it
1: was a camera obscura, and it took him. I think it said hours. Yeah, hours. He basically just left it, and it was exposing a, a bitumen coated plate. So there actually was a lot of different kinds of uh technology that were created around the same time in different uh-huh. places yeah on different kinds of materials and then over time you know they figured out what worked best but photography was not just you know just dis- or uh invented by one person it was invented by a lot of people in different places right and then they kind of which i think is true of a lot of inventions
0: yeah it is it's it's always cool because I mean, they they do frequently even if they're in different places happen around the same time mm-hmm. so you, you realize that like whatever was the technology before that You know that got widespread enough for people to start doing these experiments and they came to these conclusions at the same time. It's pretty cool.
1: Inventions are amazing. I actually have... um, If you go on Google Patents, you can print out any patent you want. And so I have a great, great, great something who invented the first fold-up umbrella. Oh, Um, wow. And it actually is a lot more like the fold-up ladders that are on top of fire trucks. That's Uh how his technology works. But I printed out the patent and I have it next to my bed. I actually crumbles so it up cool. or next to my desk because I just want inspiration for innovation yeah so if you want to check that out um next thing I'll just share I don't know how much time we have left but I'll squeeze in a little more yeah. so Angela Adams is one of my all-time favorite photographers okay. he photographed in black and white he photographed a lot of nature but what I think is cool with black and white and sometimes I'll actually when I'm editing a photo or looking at a photo of mine I'll turn it black and white to see the composition better, ah. because when you make something black and white, you can see the textures better yeah. and the differences. That's cool. So this is one of my favorites of his photos. Wow. A lot of his is are actually um, landscape, but what I really like about this one is like it describes a lot of what I was talking about, where there's like the balance, right? Because you have a lot of darker. You want to describe what it is for Sharing people? Sure, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's called "Rose on Driftwood." You uh-huh. can find it online. It's uh, by Ansel Adams in. 1932 is that the right caption it is san francisco california so it's basically a piece of driftwood we could just call it a piece a plank of wood for anyone who doesn't know what driftwood is and then on it is a rose and what i really like about it is if you look at wood sometimes you'll see there's either rings or there's Mm -hmm. kind of curvy shapes but i like how the shapes on the wood kind of mimic the petals. Ah. So I like that it's like a very similar matching texture but different. Yeah. Like when I think of composition a lot of times it's or art it's like same same but different like that kind of concept. Uh-huh. Then there's also like a shadow in the middle of the rose towards the bottom and then the top of the photo has a lot of dark area and here, there's a little brightness, and on the left, there's a little brightness. So it's it just kind of feels very balanced. I think very he does cool. a very good job.
0: What's in front of the rose? So, you know, it, like on the right side, it looks like there's a piece of wood in front of the rose.
1: Where you? Here, point to it. Like, there? Yeah. It, oh, I think it's just oh, oh, the that, is rose. Is that behind it? Yeah, it's uh, just more okay. wood. Ooh, from, it's from like an optical angle, illusion. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Yeah. So what else did I want to share? So I don't think I'll necessarily read it now, but I also write poetry. Um, nice. And most of my poetry is not happy. <laughs> it's more reflective and introspective. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I'll read it. I have one poem I wrote about photography. Oh, let's do it. And this is from 2016. So Let's do it. And I don't like to edit my poems later, so going to put it there. But this one's happier. Um, Hip in my step, hop in my stride, bouncing around from side to side. I exude so much energy, rarely become lethargy, feeling of love, looking up and above at the mimicking architecture, loving that wall texture. Camera on hip, no one can stop my wandering eye from looking at the sky, and side to side continue to glide, capturing the compositions, building my other visions, when I am in the zone, cathartic release, feeling at peace. Amazing. Thanks.
0: (laughs) That's a great ending. Fiona, we're getting towards the end of our time. Ah, I want to thank you again for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Before you leave... What is one thing, if you had to choose one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know about photography?
1: Oh gosh, I knew this question was coming. Um, I did think about this one, but let me just go with my gut here. I think the one thing I want people to think about with photography is that don't feel shame around taking a photo. I mean, you know, as long as you're not taking a photo of someone who doesn't want it, but um you should test it like if you want to take a good photo just take photos right and keep comparing it try to do a little introspection see how it makes you feel what it does to your all your senses you know does it make you excited do your eyes kind of light up does it really I listen to my feelings a lot with photography does it make you feel uncomfortable that might be a good thing Um, and there is no such thing as a bad photo just keep doing it now I know yay (laughs) Oh my gosh, podcasting is so fun.